Welcome to Fresh Takes on the Future of Work. We are focused on fresh perspectives from business and HR leaders about the future of work. Fresh is an acronym for freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness. Values core to operating in the future of work. We'll tie back to these while exploring interesting stories and actionable ideas. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jess Pagoni, co-founder and CEO of Luna, a technology for the modern employer enabling flexibility and choice as employees' needs evolve. Bottom line, we create alignment between work and life to attract, engage, and retain top talent in today's competitive market. On today's episode, I'm going to do things a little bit differently. I don't have a guest today. What I've done is actually taken a look back at all of the companies and people that our first 20 guests have admired and bringing in some of the data and information about what those companies are doing. So I hope you'll enjoy this episode. We'll try to do this periodically and highlighting all these companies that really do have a fresh take in the future of work. It would be difficult to talk about the future of work without first talking about remote work. 4.7 million people worked remotely in 2019, according to Global Workplace Analytics. And then the pandemic made it a necessity. At one point during lockdowns, 70% of full-time workers were remote. Let that soak in a little bit. 70% of full-time workers were working remotely during the height of the pandemic. Now, with vaccines and COVID restrictions lifted, the question is not, will we go back to the office, but rather, do we want to? When Slack surveyed over 9,000 workers in different countries, they found that 72% of respondents prefer a hybrid remote office model. Many of the companies that our guests admire utilize remote work to the benefit of the organization and its employees. Kate Thoda from Episode 7 points to Viva as a company that is embracing the idea that you can work from anywhere. I think a lot of different software companies have really changed the way that they're thinking about offices. I know that Viva, as they moved into the pandemic, they very quickly, a lot of other Google, you know, a lot of other companies basically said, it's if you want to permanently work from home, that's fine. Viva's really used it as a recruiting tactic to really talk about work from anywhere. And I think that that's just really innovative to do that quickly and not spend a ton of time thinking about like, should we get rid of offices? Should we not? They have small offices for customer visits, but other than that, they're open to working anywhere. And I just think that that's quick, innovative thinking is really, is really cool. My guest in episode six, Danielle Farage, highlights Nelly Hayat, a workplace leader and expert who isn't afraid to revamp the workplace, even if that means taking it online. There's this woman named Nellie Hayat. She is a workplace leader and expert. She's doing a lot of work around sort of hybrid and reimagining the workplace. How can you make the place of work, somewhere that everyone wants to to come and somewhere that provides whatever people are seeking. She brought up this 365 event strategy in her podcast. And 
she talks about sort of having an event every day so that people have something to look forward to and creating a space that people really do want to go into. It's so crazy to me to think that, you know, 2019 office life, it was like every day you go to the office, it would be the same thing. Maybe there would be a birthday celebration on Friday or someone is pregnant and we're celebrating them. But at the end of the day, there wasn't much change. So I love this idea of just like we have the changing of seasons, why don't we have like the same impact of, of the workplace where it's constantly changing, evolving, we have something to look forward to. I just think, just think that's a, a beautiful idea and one that I would love to see come to fruition one day. I love the idea that Danielle brought up of someone who incorporates culture into a remote workplace. Although culture can sometimes feel like a buzzword, it truly does have a powerful impact on both employers and employees. A recent PwC survey of more than 3,200 workers across 40 countries found that almost 70% of senior management attribute their success during the pandemic to culture. Kat Bird, my guest in episode eight, highlights a Philadelphia area women-owned marketing firm that leaned into their virtual culture as a way of connecting during the pandemic and beyond. From a local perspective, it's actually Vault Communication. They are a small boutique marketing firm um, that we actually utilize as one of our partners here at HPP. And it's a woman-owned business. And, and I just, I really admire the fact that they've employed most of these tactics, right? So they have a flexible work environment. It's one thing to say everyone can work from home. It's another thing to really still create and maintain that culture. And that's why a lot of companies are hesitant to keep this work from home up because they're like, well, how do you keep the culture alive? We've got to be able to have the parties in the office and the rah-rah and the face-to-face and be in the war room. And, and they don't realize that both can be true. And Vault's done a really nice job of bringing that culture to life via Zoom. They do happy hours. They send home swag bags. They just did this really cool Halloween party. And so they have found ways to connect. Now, albeit they're a much smaller firm, but it's still, I mean, you can apply it to anything. It's just, it, it shows that they have intentionality, which you can tell. Culture and fun are a priority. They did not allow Zoom to stand in the way. And they've allowed people to show up as people right? And to really bring their full selves to work and accommodate them in any space that they're in. And so I love it because it's great for working moms. It's great for, you know, women without children. It's great for students. And I just, I see them cultivate that. And, and I, I really, I admire it. And I often find myself like, oh, that's a good idea. And so I, I really think they're leading the charge locally here. I love the emphasis on fun. Before we move on, I want to quickly bring up what Nicole Tramalio, my guest from episode 11, said on the brands she feels are embracing fun in the best possible way. So I love brands like Chill House, which is the destination for modern self-care. Spotify is just the one that I am a personal user of that I love. Not Pot, which is what it sounds like. They have CBD products and Studs is another one where they are a modern piercing studio, primarily for millennials and for Gen Z. And I love these brands because they are doing things, whether it is with personalization. I'm a huge fan of hyper-customization because I really think we are just all walking personal brands. And that is how you get your name used as a noun. When you just act like authentically you 
all the time, people are like, yeah, that is something that you would do. And so these brands have this magnetism where they are trendy enough, where they are up on the times. For example, when the pandemic happened, Chill House is a spa in New York City that does massages and facials and nail art. And they came out with chill tips, which are the press-on nails. And it ended up being this wonderful product category that is now in Urban Outfitters and Target. And it was a way that they really adapted quickly and said, this is what our customer needs right now. This is a way that our product can be with them and support them. Brands, when they support their customer in the way that the company needs to support the employee as well, the former can't exist without the latter. And so really seeing brands have fun by expressing themselves. That is really what I love to see. The word fun definitely pops. I feel like that's the energy that you want as a consumer to interact with, whether you're consuming a a brand that you're buying, like Chill Tips, or if you are entertaining the idea of joining an organization, you're evaluating kind of that those the vibes that you're getting from that particular brand. Circling back to Vault Communications, the marketing firm friendly to single moms, students, and more, I want to zero in on something Catbird also said in that episode. She described the organization as a place that allows its employees to show up as people, as who they are. Extremely important to creating those inclusive workplaces. Harvard Business Review found that when researching diversity and inclusion, employees who are able to bring their whole selves to work are 42% less likely to say they intend to leave their job within a year. 42%. It might not initially sound like a lot, but that is a big number of people who feel so much more appreciated and included at work if they can bring their whole selves there. There are other people and companies working towards more inclusive workplaces as well. Michael Harden, guest on episode five, brings up an organization called Affirm. Whenever I like a product, I usually like to drill down and kind of see what's what's happening under the hood in terms of how they treat employees and how they handle, you know, DEI strategy. And you can tell the engagement level on, you know, platforms of their employees have a lot of pride. They announced remote first. I know one or two people who, who work at a firm and feel really enormously supported. If you pop onto their website and you kind of look at their, uh, their diversity and inclusion, page I think is is brilliant and very transparent and it does not feel like it's performative you know you really get a sense that this is important to them they put their own metrics right out there which can be intimidating sometimes I love the way they write their job postings that's a company that pops top of mind when Michael said their diversity and inclusion page is transparent she meant it a firm lays out what it's currently working on focused on building awareness, learning as an organization, and their hiring practices. They outline specific steps that they're implementing, such as unconscious bias training, a quarterly newsletter, an engagement and DEI survey, and more. On their hiring process, they list partners and resources. Within the organization itself, they share the community and resource groups that they have formed. Before we move on, Michael also called attention to an incredible woman. 
Patty McCord, too, from Netflix. She is somebody who, you know, I've listened to her TED Talk and I've heard a few podcasts and somebody who I just, you know, admire her perspective. And I, and I really admire what Netflix has done in terms of their HR strategy and how they handle kind of people and culture as well. Lindsay Gordon, on episode 15, applauded Rachel Rogers, a woman of color and mission-driven entrepreneur who's currently uplifting her organization, employees, and countless other women. Rachel Rogers is a woman who runs the business Hello7. She is creating a world where women, especially Black women and women of color, hold serious financial power. And I have had the pleasure of being in her sphere for a year or two now. And she has such a huge vision of redistributing wealth around the world to people with marginalized identities. And I think when I think about that fresh perspective, she is making such a huge impact on freedom, on resourcefulness, on happiness by empowering so many small business owners. So I just love getting to highlight small business owners and people that are supporting them because I think that's a huge part of the future of work. An attorney and business coach, Rachel Rogers, started Hello7 due to the financial disparity between men and women. According to their website, although 40% of small businesses are run by women, they only generate 4% of the revenue. Additionally, women are 35% more likely than men to experience poverty, especially later in life. Unfortunately, the numbers for Black women and people of color are far worse than for white women. However, Rachel Rogers and her team are working to remedy this by helping women gain more financial power. On the Fresh Takes show, I'm always excited to celebrate intelligent and groundbreaking women and women-led organizations. However, it's not always just the women who are making strides towards equality. Our guest, Lori Cecil Banani from episode 12, brought up the incredible work of Dan Price at Gravity Payments. He is the CEO who made minimum wage for everyone $70,000. Yes. The things that he does for his employees and how it came out, he started that because an employee was upset and said, I can't believe I have to work two jobs to like, you know, pay my bills. And he was like, wait a second, what kind of workplace am I building if people need other jobs? And I think he just really speaks about humanity and, and happiness. Dan Price asked himself what kind of company he wanted to work for, and then he created it. His dedication to his people and mission is definitely something to be admired. Lori tells me the story also of Heidi Zack, who, confronted by a customer's concern, found a solution and then boosted both that customer and the company. She's a CEO. Um, it's a women's lifestyle brand, does a lot of donations and mentorship programs. And I think she has exhibited a lot of vulnerability. One of my favorite stories I read, there was a customer and she was a woman in her 50s and she had sent a picture of her in a third love bra and said, you know, I'm 50. I feel comfortable in my body. But when I look at your ads, I only see 20 something women and I just don't see myself. And so this went around the company and 
they invited her to actually be the first model in their new campaign, listening to your customer and, and really like putting your money where your mouth is and not just like going and hiring models, but this woman who simply sent an email and, and said, you know, I don't see me represented in your, in your advertising. Before we wrap up, I'd like to share thoughts from my guest on episode three, Shirley Cavanaugh. She puts the spotlight on an Irish company that stood by its values, even in the face of tragedy and major setback. Such an inspiring story. So this is um, a food producer, and they produce yogurts and milk, all organic produce, um, all focused on sustainability. Um, They're called Glenisk. So if anybody wants to Google them, go ahead and Google them, because it's been a really interesting past couple of weeks for them. And they're standout for me in many different respects. So their focus, as I said, has very been much about uh, producing products sustainably. They're very aware of the environment and they don't compromise. They've had um, a really interesting campaign about planting uh, one million trees in Africa as they sell their products. They achieved that last year and they were starting their second year of their one million trees campaign. So very focused on what was going on around them and the environment. I think it was two weeks ago, they suffered a devastating fire at their plant. They managed to get all of their employees out of the plant, but the plant was absolutely destroyed. And I think this is really interesting, just their reaction to what happened on a number of different levels. I think it's their awareness of uh, their environment, their community, and the people that they're not directly associated with. The project that they had, their One Million Trees project, for instance, that they didn't lose sight of that at all. If you don't mind, I'm just going to read their Twitter post that they put up following um, within 24 hours of this devastating fire. The tweet is titled Message of Thanks. It says, on this, the blackest of days, the outpouring of love is a beacon. Thanks to each and every one of you who has been in touch. Many of you are asking how to help. Here's how. Keep some space for us in your hearts. We'll be back very soon. Meantime, consider supporting another local producer. If you can, help Africa with a small donation to the One Million Trees campaign. We're so close to reaching two million trees, and we may not now be able to get them over the line as we'd hoped. Today was a bad day for Glenis, but much worse for others in the world. Today is a new day here in beautiful Offaly. And Offaly, of course, is uh, the town and the ancestral home of Barack Obama, where this particular uh, company is based. But to me, that just embodied on so many levels what it is to be part of a community, to focus not just on yourself, but on others who are, as they say, in in much worse uh, position across the world. And it's been really interesting even to see the reaction of other companies to them um, and the reactions on Twitter to this statement. But that was posted by the, the CEO, as I said, within 24 hours of that fire happening, which wow. pretty much devastated their business. We've reached the end of our episode review. Thank you so much for listening. There are so many companies out there that are really thinking differently about the future of work. It was fun to highlight a few here today. I look forward to highlighting more in the future. I also want to thank all of the Fresh Takes guests that have come on the show so far. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And don't forget to stay fresh.